0: Hey ladies and gents, welcome to the Controlled Interest Gamecast, where we talk about video games and everything happening in the industry. As always, I'm joined by Jordan. Stay high to stay fly. And Dom. Uh, praise the sun. Praise the sun. Um, apparently, we recently found out that if your power goes out, your internet goes out. So,
1: good to know. <laughs> yeah.
2: <Yep.
1: laughs> Didn't know that before. Modem, uh,
2: router, you lose it. Yep. <laughs>
1: yeah. Hey Jared, real quick, I just wanted to say happy to have you here on the show today. Thank you. Good to be here.
0: You know, I always appreciate that. You know, I don't get that that often, and whenever you're able to do it, I mean,
1: the show's not the same when you're not around. You know, (laughs) uh, because it literally doesn't exist. So I just want to say that it's good to have you here.
0: Thank you. Um, In terms of what we've been playing. Obviously, I played some more Kingdom Hearts three. I personally kind of don't want to talk about it until I finish it, just because I don't I don't want to spoil it anything accidentally for you guys.
1: Boy, I'm starting to see some thumbnails, Jared. I'm getting a little dicey. <laughs> I'm like, God, I gotta push through.
0: Yeah. Um. But for reference, I uh, I end I recently ended uh, the Toy Story World, so I'm uh onto my next adventure. But still very early. Um. I was actually planning on playing a lot more until the surprise Apex Legends announcement came out of nowhere. The respawn battle royale game it really intrigued me. Uh, I've talked about it on the show before when Titanfall Two came out. Love that game. It's one of my favorite first-person shooter campaigns of uh, a long time. It's it's probably in my top three, I would say. Um, obviously, the game didn't sell very well. We were wondering if they were ever going to go back to Titanfall. This is kind of like a pseudo way of doing that. Um, it takes place in the Titanfall universe after Titanfall Two, in a separate area. Uh, from where they, the the games take place, um, that's why you don't see Titans and stuff like that. They're not in the in the battle royale. Um, yeah, it's
1: weird that their battle royale game that Respawn made doesn't have Titan drops.
0: Yeah, I understand it though from a balancing standpoint because it seems Absolutely. like yeah, I I understand it. It's it sucks because like as a fan of Titanfall, they 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 worked so well, but I understand why. Um, so yeah. would it work?
2: And I, I don't know anything about Titanfall, as we already talked about, but what if they were to do something like where there was a mode where it's only Titans? Would that be a, something that makes sense? Because that could be fun, I think.
1: Reminds me of uh, Mascots Only in NCAA football.
0: Yeah, there you go. Uh, there could potentially be so. Two things with that real quick before I get into my impressions of the game. EA said that there you can expect some Titanfall-related news later this year. People assume it's going to be some form of Titanfall coming into Apex Legends. And they said because of the way the game's structured, it'll allow them to have different game modes that aren't just Battle Royale. So there is that possibility. Ah, Who knows? Cool, cool. Um, but yeah, I've been playing a lot of it. Um, the differences between it and Fortnite and PUBG, because obviously that's a big thing. Those are the other big Battle Royales. For me, I didn't play Blackout. Um, it's first person, so it has the one up there for on Fortnite for me personally. Um, it's very smooth uh, at launch, outside of like server issues or like players a lot of players coming in obviously in terms of actual gameplay runs very smooth Um, you don't have any issues with the map loading or anything like that so obviously has the one up there on PUBG which um, dealt with a lot of those issues for a long time Um, so far my one gripe with the game is that it has a pretty long TTK uh, which for those of you who don't know that are listening is time to kill so some games have longer TTKs, some have shorter TTKs. Um, for this one, it kind of makes sense because it's not His your dream traditional... is
1: Taiko Y T T Jared. It's Taiko Y T T.
0: The disrespect. Um, in terms of it compared to other games, why it stands out and is unique is because it's essentially a hero shooter battle royale game. So there's eight different characters in the game at launch. All of them have their own unique ultimates, and all of them have their own unique like sub ultimate uh they all are very very bright in terms of their personality. Um, there's a lot of different cultures and races that are uh, represented. It's very inclusive which is cool. Um, I've tried four of the eight characters so far and they all feel very different in terms of their abilities but I mean at the baseline it's you drop onto the map with no items and you have to find gear. So that's what's really interesting is that, The balancing is going to be... I don't know if it's going to be tougher or easier for Respawn because they're not going to necessarily be balancing um, like with Overwatch where it's a huge team of all these different heroes or it's not even just 1v1s, right? Because if this game allowed 4v4s, 3v3s, 2v2s, and 1v1s, balancing would be all over the place, right? Because you have comps of different heroes. Um, Another thing that's different between it and other battle royales is instead of everybody... Jumping themselves out of the plane and you guys are all kind of like agreeing on what spot to land on a Person one person is considered the jump master and they decide when you guys leave the plane Um, But you can give suggestions and I know people are gonna be like Oh, well that sucks because if you're playing with randoms, they get a control where we pull out at The thing with that is you can immediately after you drop out of the plane Disengage from the the jump masters like control, right? So if you immediately don't like where they're landing you can pull away Obviously, if you're in a team with friends or people you know, that's not going to be the case. Um, The other cool thing, too, is it's a hero shooter, Dom. So at the beginning of the match when you're loading in, uh, it's an order of people who pick their characters. So say it was me, you, and Jordan. It would randomly put one of us one, one of us two, one of us three. So say I went first, I pick my character, then you would pick from the remaining roster, and then Jordan would pick from the remaining out of the last six, right? Because he picked last he gets the opportunity to be the Jump Master. So since you don't get to pick your character first, you do get the to control where your team goes. So it kind of balances out. Um, another cool thing is on the loading screen, it tracks your kills with specific characters. So uh, if I pick a character I've never used before and I'm loading up, it's going to say I have zero kills with the character. But if it's somebody who's my main, um, it'll show my kills, and you can unlock specific banners to put underneath it. So I can unlock one that's like... Uh, top three finishes, or number of headshots, uh, or ults landed, and you can kind of display it however you want. And that kind of goes into all of the customization options. You can customize your banner, the images on your banner, and I'll get into why that's interesting as well. you Your gun camos, your your character camos. Uh, there's a ton of customizable options in this game, which I love. With the banners. If you placed, if you won the last match, the next game you go into, your team is considered champions, and your three gamer tags and characters will be displayed to all the other people in that match. You're kind of like the hot target. And if they kill you, they get more XP for their levels than if they killed anybody else. Nice. That's kind of cool. Yeah. And the cool thing is, at the in the map, there's <coughs> these like uh, banners that are electronic, and that team's banners will be up on the screen. All over the map, and they'll have their unique skins and their unique look for that character. It's, it's kind of like giving you a, an additional reward for winning. Um, and the last thing I want to get into that separates it from other battle royals. If you guys have any questions, feel free after I'm done. Is that say me and Jordan are playing? If uh, Jordan dies, right? He doesn't get down. He dies outright. Me and you can pick up his. They're called banners on his dead body. And we can go to these specific locations. They're spread out across the map. There's maybe like 16 of them across the entire map. Me and you can go there if we have it and put him in there and he'll respawn. But you only get one of those a match. So if he were to die again or if any of us were to die after he respawned, none of us could come back to life. But you have one chance to respawn a fallen teammate in a match. So it lends to strategy too because usually in BRs, the moment somebody's dead, they're gone for the entire time right so it'd be me and you finishing the match but if we're able to not only get his tags and take him to a respawn place uh, he'll come back and he'll be able to help us in the match so a lot of different strategies with the game really enjoying it it feels solid it's from respawn they make great shooters Um, yeah I'm just having an absolute blast is there any questions you guys have or anything
1: off the bat <clears throat> Off the bat, is this uh, the Battle Royale or BR that you enjoy the most?
0: Um, It's tough. So it definitely is more sci-fi, right, than PUBG. Uh, PUBG is more grounded and it's a little bit slower paced. Um, I would say it's my favorite jump in and jump out BR. That's kind of what fall, uh, Fortnite is for a lot of people. It's shorter matches than PUBG. PUBG, you kind of need to spend some time with it. The matches tend to take anywhere between 30 and 40 minutes, whereas with Apex Legends and Fortnite, it's like 15 to 20. Um, I would say for short burst, I'm really enjoying it. Um, I will say they're the best initial impressions I've had with the BR so far. So Fortnite, I really didn't like at the beginning of it. I still am not a huge fan. PUBG, I've always enjoyed PUBG, but all of the issues, the technical issues, right? sucked and with this it worked out of the gate it was solid it's fun to play um yeah the, the heroes feel unique It's really great uh one thing i didn't touch on that i told you guys before the show the microtransactions are all up front um they tell you exactly the percentages of what you can expect in them um, my early time with the game i'm getting in-game credit at a very good pace every level i hit I'm unlocking an Apex crate, which is kind of like an Overwatch. Every time you hit a level, you'd get one of their loot boxes as well. And you obviously get uh, free cosmetics and stuff like that. Um, very transparent. Uh, there's I haven't really felt anything that's like pay-to-win. Um, Respawn's been very upfront about it. Um, their release model of it coming out of nowhere was based on the fact that they didn't want six months of people complaining on the internet about EA or this or that. They felt that the best thing to do was announce the game and just get it in the hands of the people and see if they like it or not. And Mm -hmm. we'll talk about later in the news. People are loving it. So really enjoying my time with it. I'm going to get back to Kingdom Hearts 3. That's still my focus. Um, But it's cool to have another game I can play in between those spots. Uh, So, yeah, really enjoying it. What about you guys?
2: It seems like it's everything I that you said and that sounds similar to what else i've heard so far about is it's it it seems like it's kind of just positioned to do well um like they hit all the right marks uh of what would make this kind of game successful it appears so i mean um i yeah i like their release strategy too just kind of just put it out one day there were some leaks i guess a day or two before or something like
0: from influencers um, yeah
2: yeah but either way um i like that strategy where because what it had me thinking of actually was battlefield 5 which we also heard maybe this is a a new story but we also heard that ea was not happy with the sales of battlefield 5 and it got me thinking like i don't even remember the day that game released i don't really remember it getting much attention at all and it felt like oh there's a beta there's early access and then there's like ea access all these different things that are kind of muddling when that game actually came out and that's been a few games have done that and i i don't know I, I don't like that at all i can't imagine it's a good strategy that's been working for people um i think like when you look at this past month when resident evil 2 came out and kingdom hearts 3 came out it was an it was a bit of an event right like those games are out and at least for that week so far or whatever that's what people were talking about and that was like the hot shit right yeah. and now with apex legends like this is like the shit everyone is talking about um it had a release date it came out and everyone's playing it all right then um so I think I think that's a cooler strategy to
0: me, from my perception. But and the cool thing too is it's the, it's the only the second free to play one. Blackout you have to pay money for. PUBG you have oh, to pay yeah. money for. Yeah, um, which definitely helps. Yet it,
2: yet it's like it's higher quality. I don't want to say higher quality, but it's
0: it, it feels okay. You know what I will. It's more it looks, polished than PUBG. Yeah. Easily. Yeah, and
2: yeah. and then Fortnite I'd say as well. Maybe not more polished, but at least more. It looks like there's more budget into it, frankly, than Fortnite. Um, yeah from a production value kind of standpoint um this looks like uh like blackout right like like, looks like the call of duty battle royale game in terms of budget and polish and stuff which the difference there though like you just said it's also free and blackout 60 bucks or 40 or whatever so yeah i i can't imagine that this game doesn't you know is is still nowhere near its peak right i think it's gonna i think it's gonna be a big deal at least for a while
0: Uh, Later in the news, we'll get into some numbers that are really impressive. Um, But, yeah, that's it. That's all I really played. Uh, What did you play, Dom? Actually,
2: I only got into Kingdom Hearts for another, like, two hours maybe. I'm still in the Olympus world. Yeah. Um, Oh, Lord. Yeah, I've still not gotten very far, so I don't have anything else really to say there. The reason being, though, like, in general, I haven't had much time this week to, to play any games. But all the time I did have, I've just been, like entirely absorbed in Ocarina of Time 3D I, oh wow it's just one of those things where like it's comforting and I've just been sucked in so like I, I've i actually I went and got all the heart pieces I'm entirely through the game now I just have like the last you know just have Ganon's castle to go to go trudge into and and you're I mean, playing
1: that on your Nintendo Switch no <laughs> no man if only I would be if they'd sell it to me yeah, it, it almost seems like it should be available there.
2: Yeah, I, I'll buy it again when that day comes. But, you know, I'm still on 3DS. 3DS is a great system. No, you know? I,
1: I, I know it's only on 3DS, and I love my 3DS. I'm just saying, like, why the fuck are we not playing that on Switch right now? I, I think we one need day a, Okay, it We need be. a double pack of Ocarina and Majora 3D, and we need a double pack of Twilight and um, Wind Waker HD. Yeah. I would buy all those day one, uh, whatever special
2: editions that came with too. But but yeah, that's what I've been doing. And <clears throat> it's been, I've actually, for the first time, playing through the game on, you know, Master Quest mode, which is basically a new game plus, but on steroids. Cause so, um, you know, things hit harder, kind of deal like a new game plus, but everything is, for one, inversed. So the whole map is flipped. So your left is not, what was on the left is not on the right which is really jarring because it's a game that i played through you know dozens of times and now all of a sudden every, everything is flipped so i'm finding myself getting lost going through hyrule field and shit like not knowing how to get places that i've been getting to since i was you know eight years old which is weird um then in addition to that they completely like redesigned well, not completely redesigned but they changed up a lot of the puzzles in pretty much every single dungeon so that's pretty cool so it's Feels like a new game in a lot of regards because of that. It's the first time I've played through that mode. It's, that's really been awesome to kind of have that splash of like, oh, shit, this is that same game, but basically just more of it uh, in a sense. So that's been really cool. That's that's all I've been doing, man, like for probably a, a dozen hours at least this past week.
0: Just like snack food, just going back to a comfort food.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. I've actually never played... Uh... Ocarina of Time or Majora's Mask. So, if those were to come to Switch, I'd buy them in an instant. I just don't have access to my 3DS anymore, uh, and plus, even if I did, I wouldn't want to play on that. You know, it's a good system. It's just a weird personal hang-up thing. I hope they come to Switch. They're worth Jordan? like twenty bucks, man, on 3DS. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just don't want to play on 3DS. <laughs> That's, uh, That's just, he's, a yeah. good,
1: he's a good little fella. Yeah, I just I still got mine going for bravely and all that.
0: Yeah, it's understandable. I'm I'm the weird one, not anybody else. Uh, Jordan, what did you play this week? Kingdom Hearts.
1: Weirdo. Yeah, you were both weirdos because I'm the only one here <laughs> still sticking to KH three. Apparently,
0: um, I got a couple of hours pushing. in. I beat the world. I was in. I didn't abandon I'm it. I'm
1: pushing about twenty hours at this point, and I've got. I'm currently on. Pirates of the Caribbean, uh, the world is called the Caribbean. Um, nice, and I finished Creative. So I guess since <laughs> last time we spoke, I would have done the Frozen World, uh, which is Arendelle, and then Monstropolis, which is Monsters, Inc., oh. and um, obviously finished the the first grouping of worlds. Um, I can't remember what all I talked about last week, but anyways, um, the Frozen Keyblade is, um, oh yeah, I hadn't finished, uh, Kingdom of Corona. Also, I, I did want to mention, um, Kingdom of Corona is the Tangled World, uh, that obviously I finished. Um, uh, I was before, picturing, like, a Mexican beer imported kind of world. Kingdom but... of Corona, uh, is i think it's spelled the same way actually yeah but um anyways the tangled world uh i kind of before i jumped back into the games last week or the game last week i went and watched the movies uh, because i'd only seen like half of frozen so i watched frozen and tangled and really enjoy them i actually enjoy tangled a little bit more they're awesome awesome movies um and I was glad that I watched them before I proceeded through their actual worlds because those two specifically actually tell the story of the movie pretty much beat for beat and kind of add the the Kingdom Hearts cast in there. So I thought that was really cool. It was beneficial having seen the movies. And um, then, of course, we've, we've all known and loved Monsters, Inc. I'm glad to see that finally in there. And I really enjoyed the... Uh, monster versions of Sora, Donald, and Goofy. Um, I thought they were all pretty cool. Uh, I thought the Toy Story versions, and I'd like to hear what you guys think about this. Well, Dom, you're not even there yet. Have you seen from yeah. footage? Yeah, I've seen like the trailers with the Toy Story versions, yeah. So the thing is, is their design is alright, but the actual toys that they are uh, made to look like, they look like shitty toys. Because... The actual Toy Story characters look like good, cool toys. Like Buzz Lightyear looks like a cool ass toy, and the Sora, Donald, and Goofy look like some Roblox, <laughs> Mega Blocks third party <laughs> bullshit. Like I don't like the the design that they ch- chose to go with. They look like cheap toys compared to the other like high quality ones. So that was weird. But um, it's like Andy got I them liked... at a flea market. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I don't know what the fuck was going on with that. Um, Why? It's not like, you know, the materials that they're animating them as, they could have done something more high quality. But anyways, I'm also wondering why some worlds get the, uh, like, individual costume treatment, whereas other worlds they're just wearing their regular costume. Like, of all the worlds, why is Arendelle not have its own, uh, like, long winter coat or whatever because they're like soras in short sleeves in frozen in the movie frozen you're using that world and sora is wearing short fucking sleeves you know they're all wearing short sleeves and it's like jesus so um it's weird how some worlds get the costumes and some don't like the pirate ones are cool like i said i like the monster ones um Monsters, Inc. is cool. It's kind of almost like a pseudo-sequel in some ways to the movie, and makes me wonder, like, what could this be if we actually got, like, a Monsters, Inc. 2 as opposed to uh, just the prequel with Monsters University? Um, So I won't really spoil what they go into, but uh, I definitely enjoyed the storyline that they went along. And, uh, you know, as I get further in the game, they're getting further into, like, the... Organization 13 and the actual Kingdom Hearts part of the story um, which yeah I do think people give uh, too tough a, too tough of a time just compared to other video games I think that there's plenty of um, video games that are on the same level as far as uh, the density of their story um, but I'm enjoying the fact that they are going all in for the fans that have been playing all the um, side games and the spin offs, um, everything in between, um, which I've enjoyed for the most part. Um, I don't love the fact that the game is, in some ways, it's a good culmination, in some ways, it's bad because they're kind of shoving pieces from every game in there, even if it's like uh, 3D on the 3DS, where you have flow motion, which some parts it's fine, but then. I'm never really using the attacks because I just don't really like flow motion. And um, I wish that they had brought more of, like, the command deck stuff from Birth by Sleep Dom where you're, like, upgrading individual attacks. You'll upgrade fire all the way to level 5, right? And then you'll combine that with something else because they had melding, actually. We were making fun of the word melding. Okay, yeah. You could meld two fully upgraded fire attacks to make a fire and then um, on and on, you know, with Fyraga and all that. So um, I like that you could uh, build your decks out and you could upgrade these individual attacks. You were melding attacks. It was probably the most RPG of all the games, and I wish they had brought more from that. Like, I don't like the fact that your magic uh, upgrades on its own, and um, you can, like... The magic is just, it seems kind of dumbed down. It's almost like how they kind of sh- were stripping uh, RPG elements out of Mass Effect, and I don't feel like that's, over the course of the original trilogy, I don't feel like it's become that dire, maybe, but uh, it definitely feels simplified in a way that I don't love, and uh, that goes hand in hand-in-hand with the easy combat that I was talking about. I finally died, actually.
2: Oh, there we um,
1: go. But here's the thing. The first time I died, Dom, was basically like a technicality. So, you know, we have the, like, triangle button special powers that, like, stack up on the side above your little command deck thing, right? Yep, yep, And my problem with that is at some points you have a ton of those things. I counted at one point when I was playing, I had, like, seven things lined up. And my problem is that you can't choose them. You have to just go through them as they appear Chronologically, So you can't say, oh, I hey, want to Jordan, jump to what? What if I told you you could? H- How do you
2: do that? It's actually, yeah, someone posted about it in uh, the Kind of Funny Facebook group. Like, by the way, everyone, I think it's either R1 or R2. You cycle through them. And I, I don't remember the game ever,
1: you know, teaching there's that. There's no way the game told you that. Yeah. There's no, yeah. I,
0: I didn't think you could do it either.
2: <laughs> yeah. And I remember yeah, thinking, well, like, wow, why didn't they fucking say that in the game? like?
1: <laughs> within the parameters of not knowing that and thinking that the game just won't let you do that I actually lost this boss battle because there was like a power up attack that you had to do for his special area of effect that he was doing that could one shot you right and so he was basically able to one shot me because I couldn't get to that second attack because I had to go through this long animation and time was running out and because it was time sensitive and all of that, I ended up getting killed because of basically a technicality. So yeah, they, uh, with all the fucking tutorials that you get in this game, I'd love to know, uh, how to fucking do that. Not having to go to like kind of funny Facebook or Reddit, you know, it'd be nice if the game. Oh, was sure I, I so, never would have probably found that out either. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, so I'm, I'm glad you told me cause I've still got yeah. plenty of time to, to implement that. So, um, yeah, there's some frustrations there and, um, But, you know, other than that, yeah, I've died a couple times since then just because I'm getting a little bit uh, jaded, I guess. I'm not caring as much, unfortunately, but uh, it's still um, ridiculously easy. If I was trying, then it wouldn't, um, death wouldn't even, wouldn't even come close to it. So um, there are some parts now where I'm kind of just skipping over certain battles where it's like you're fighting a few grunts in a hallway or whatever. Uh, Because for the most part Kingdom Hearts you don't have to fight everything unless they lock you in a room Um, or It's like a boss battle. So um, Yeah, that like I said last week is still really disappointing how those systems are are coming together, but um, It's still a solid action RPG and there is Obviously all the Kingdom Hearts stuff that I love about it and the Disney stuff so there's still a lot to love for me and it is still my favorite game of the year because it's very early in the year, but I'm sure that that'll change.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: I'm sure that that'll change uh, soon enough because, Man. Um, yeah, it is, you know, I knew when a game takes way too fucking long to make like this, there's just no way that it's going to be, like, um, totally fucking top-notch because, yeah, there are some outdated things here or there. There are some things that... Um, You know have a more Eastern or Japanese design feel to them that I I wouldn't necessarily agree with coming from maybe a more Western perspective Um, There's there's plenty of things like that, but uh, nonetheless I still love it I don't know that it'll go down as being my favorite game just because of how easy it is Um, You know part of video games is the fun of the challenge and you know pushing through that adventure, but there's still a lot of great stuff, still a lot of cool callbacks. Um, I will say this. I'm almost 20 hours in, right? And the fact that I saw a trailer that features Dark Aqua, who's not featured in... She's not Dark Aqua in the fucking uh, prelude, in Fragmentary Passage, right? So I'm 20 hours into this game and I still haven't seen Dark Aqua. That's a fucking spoiler, major spoiler that Square Enix threw into that trailer. And I'm very upset about that because anything else, like I've almost come across some thumbnails where I was like, oh, I don't want to see that. I I shouldn't see that or whatever. But really, I haven't been spoiled on this game. And they were freaking out because four copies got, got out in the open and those people didn't even have the secret ending or whatever but they are showing Dark Aqua in the trailers just because they knew that it would get a big fan reaction, lots of react videos on YouTube and a lot of talk, but that is really not okay with me because I'm way too deep into this game. Still haven't uh, really spent much time with Aqua at all, and it's like, wow, you guys, that's that's really fucked up that you put that in a trailer and like made a big deal out of it because... Um, I can tell the way that the story's shaping up that that's going to be a fucking big reveal whenever I get to it, you know, 20 hours plus into the game. So, that's upsetting. Um, but other than that, I'm enjoying the, I guess, Kingdom Hearts of it all. The the fact that uh, this is a big game in the series. And I'm hoping that, um, you know, I'm sure that the next Kingdom Hearts game that comes out is going to be... Uh, kind of like a spinoff game or whatever not a mainline game but i'm hoping that we get more games you know maybe a new saga with different characters and stuff i'm hoping that we get more games sooner than you know 10 years down the road i'm
2: excited whatever, because so. to me it's all but a guarantee that we're going to get something on the switch right because they put something on pretty much every handheld i
1: thought i i was just thinking about 358 over two days or 3d and um you know, those are major games in the franchise that were on Switch, or not Switch, but on Nintendo systems. So I think that the Switch could be a great candidate for a uh, interstitial after Kingdom Hearts three.
2: Yeah, I mean, there was a GBA Kingdom Hearts game, a DS, 3DS, a PSP game. So like,
1: there's got to be something in the works for Switch. Like, just got. Yeah, there's, there's also recoded. There's a second DS game, even though we don't really. Ah. We don't really talk about it too much. It's a mobile port. So they even had. I think I was talking with Jared about this, Dom. The original Kingdom Hearts Coded is a mobile game before smartphones. It's like a flip phone mobile game.
2: Oh, yeah. That they, I remember. we thought they then ported right. over to the Switch. The only worry is that
0: the Switch. The weirdest thing and the worrisome thing about the Switch is that it's the closest handheld to a console. So hopefully Square Enix can mm-hmm. figure that out because it's the console development that seems to trouble them.
1: Who knows? Yeah. Um so other than uh Kingdom Hearts not a whole lot. Uh, you know, watching anime I'm going back through Always Sunny in Philadelphia because uh-huh. I was finally able to acquire yes. all thirteen Hell seasons yeah. not in like a decent enough quality. The early seasons look rough, man. Like the, oh, the yeah. production quality yep. is low and especially old when for it it's cheap. not even in H D, like it's in four eighty P so it's it's rough. But yeah, it's, it's like still three such four a funny show. It's like three-four aspect ratio. It's just fuzzy as hell. But
2: but oh man, greatest my, like probably my favorite comedy series ever. I think you know. So it's I don't know how I've never mentioned it before, but it's it's just fucking brilliant show. always like, oh, so see many One things. of the greats. So
0: good. Yeah
1: yeah. One of the greats for sure. I'm enjoying myself, uh, going back through, uh, and like actually seeing every episode in order and all that. Um... Then I also wanted to just give a quick moment to shout out comics that I've been jumping back into uh, after a little while. Sometimes that happens with me in comics because, you know, they come out every week. So it's you got to keep up. You got to keep running, um, keep moving with them. But uh, Jared, you had mentioned a couple. I'm caught up with Champions number two, um, Miles Morales, Spider-Man number two, um, Young Justice number two. Um, and enjoying all three of those comics I should say uh, loving the way that Spider-Man himself is drawn in his own comic, I'm talking about Miles obviously and not just drawn but also excuse me the, you know, the ink and the coloring and all that the colors are really really well done and um, it's almost more of a pinkish hue on his uh, red parts of his spider suit as opposed to just straight red and I really really like the way it looks so um, cool stuff there with him um, hanging out with Rhino and then um, I like the way that Champions is shaping up and as a, a team and I also like the way that uh, Young Justice is shaping up like a, a, he, a female emphasis on that Young Justice team but you still got some guys with Impulse and uh, Tim Drake Robbins so um, enjoying those. Um, and then let me think about indie stuff that I've been reading. Um, Deadly Class. I want to shout out. Have I talked about the show Deadly Class? I'm not sure. Yeah. But it's on sci fi. I'm really fucking enjoying that. I think they're three or four episodes in. I'm caught up, by the way. And uh, man. You can tell, you know, I've read uh, Rick Remender in the back of the most recent issue talking about it and you can just tell how heavily he is involved in this show and it it really shines because the casting is like spot on, man. Every character looks like the comic book to a T. And, um, you know, the vibe of the show is really well done, the writing's really well done and, um, it's a great adaptation, but it's also a great TV show, and that's um, that's really what I want when people are adapting comics these days, so um, I love the show so far, a few episodes in and uh, 36, I think, just came out Deadly Class, 36 and um, that, that comic is so awesome if you don't know what Deadly Class is, it's basically uh, you know, it's like a boarding school for, you know assassin kids like these kids are learning to be assassins so um, really cool story and they've gone through a lot of different changes in the comics which um, you know totally changing like who your main character is and stuff um, can be very difficult and then when you pull it off it makes it so much more rewarding so lots of really great characters in that book but uh, yeah I definitely want to give uh, both the book and the show a shout out since they're rocking so hard right now so yeah
0: Nice. Time to hop to the news. Uh, we have some quickie news and then some investor meeting report stuff. And then uh, some predictions by Matt Piscatella over at the MPD Group on what he figures is going to happen in trends in 2019. So in terms of quickie news, um, Assassin's Creed 3 Remastered um, was announced. Um, oh, yeah. It's going to be coming to – so if you have the Assassin's Creed Odyssey Season Pass, you're going to be getting it for free, which is really cool.
1: So, yeah, um, so it was already announced. This is just, like, the standalone copy that you'll be able to see. Yeah,
0: buy. yeah. Uh, March 29th. I scoured the internet for about 10 minutes, could not find a price. Um, the season pass is $30, so I'm assuming this is probably going to be $20, bucks, um, $20 $30 at the most. But I checked the UB store, I checked everywhere, and they don't have a, a standalone price listed. But you can buy it standalone. Not,
1: you're not uh, necessarily jumping in on these... Story expansions for Odyssey, are you, Jared?
0: Uh, no. I might eventually, but not a, not right now, no. Um, yeah, I don't have the season pass either. I might pick it up on, like, a sale or something. Who knows? Because um, they
1: just had the first one recently.
0: Yeah, and there was a big backlash about it of them forcing you into a heterosexual relationship. relationship. Yeah. yeah. Um, which is, that's not the problem. The problem is that they didn't force that at any other point for the game. And then in the DLC they did it, which is really weird.
1: Um, yeah. It's just it's just weird when video games, you know, have you doing one thing a certain way for the whole game and then that same exact thing pops up at one point. It's like, no, we're gonna do it this way. Just for this time, okay? Just for this time. And then you'll yeah. go back to doing it your way. It's like, um, okay. That's the prompt
0: people had, it's not so much that like, oh, you're not gonna allow me to have any homosexual relationships. It's like you gave me that option for the entirety of the rest of the game. ...and then you took away that option for the DLC... ...and it doesn't really mean anything to the overall story anyways... ...it's very weird. People are upset about it. Um, Next up, we have some rumor news. Uh, Outside of this news, uh, as of the day we're recording this... ...February 7th, it's been 149 days since the last Nintendo Direct... ...which is the longest time there's ever been between two Directs. The last time and the longest streak before this was 147 days in 2015 which you assume was due to the Wii U's failing and them not really having much to talk about. Um, But Emily Rogers, who we've talked about on the show before, uh, famed and trusted Nintendo leaker. She seems she's right about 75% of the time. Um, So she's not... Obviously, no leaker's going to be right all the time. Um, She has some interesting stuff for us in terms of Nintendo. So she says that, according to her sources, there are 5 to 11 unannounced first-party Nintendo games... Nintendo Switch games coming in 2019. Now, before she went on to say any more, she said, Hold your brakes. This isn't like obviously AAA first party games. It's a mixture of a bunch of different things. So let me go over those. She said that one of them is a Labo product, expected. Uh, one of them is Metroid Prime Trilogy, which if you listened to the show last week, we talked about how that was actually in the plans for Nintendo with the announcement of Metroid Prime 4. And with them restarting development, that kind of got pushed to the wayside.
1: Um, Real she quick, said, for us personally, if that were to drop, you know, <clears> close <throat> enough to now, are we kind of just, like, getting to it once the fourth game's closer, or are we actually excited?
0: Uh, that's me. I, I'll <laughs> I I'll wait till it... I'm excited it's on Switch, but I'll wait till it's closer to the release of
1: Prime 4, personally. Yeah, so it's fresher. Yeah. You know. yeah, yeah, I'd I, probably I, wait, too, so I, I just
2: don't think it's good to release it now. <clears throat> I don't know about the timing, but I would—I definitely would be curious about it, because I've never played those games. So And they're supposed Same. to be great, so yeah. yeah, I'd be curious to try it out. So none
1: of us have ever played them, I guess.
0: Oh, wow, yeah. <laughs> that'll be really cool uh, if we ever end up all picking it up. Um, the pricing that will be interesting. Uh, another one of the games is Retro's Game. This is another conversation we had. What's up with the Retro's project they had before, now starting on Metroid Prime 4? Some people felt that they were done with it, and it's coming out this year. Some people felt that It was a bunch of canceled or mishap projects, and this kind of came at the right time. According to this leak, it is their game. Uh, Two smaller eShop titles, so these are probably from smaller indie studios that are exclusive to Nintendo, and two that are Wii U ports, one of them that specifically launched in 2013, and people think that that's most likely Pikmin 3 or Game & Wario, which are like the two bigger releases that haven't been ported already that came in 2013. I'm hoping the other one is Super Mario Maker. Um and she said that that wasn't all 11 and don't uh don't be surprised if some of them are pushed to 2020 but those are all of the games and stuff that was that's kind of fit into 2019 obviously Nintendo can choose to move stuff as they want
1: um, Now let me just say I'm pretty sure Wind Waker HD was 2013 no 14 uh, I think
0: Also these are she said specifically these are Wii U Checking. games that would be Wii U ports, not that they ah. were Wii U ports.
1: Yeah, it was released on that they were, were games originally released. Yeah,
0: the way she worded it, it is it secondary. meant like it was. Yeah, if it she she made it seem like it was Wii U games that are getting ported, not necessarily games that were ported to Wii U. Um, yeah, interesting there. I th- assume we're going to be getting a direct soon. Uh, like I said, this is the longest stretch between directs for Nintendo. The Metroid Prime 4 news probably has them figuring out what their release lineup looks like for the year, and I'm assuming they're just, like, maybe not worried but cautious about doing a direct too soon and not knowing what their lineup is. They're probably moving stuff around now and trying to figure it out. But um, I would be shocked if we didn't get a direct by the end of February. Am I off base on that?
2: Mm, yeah, I'm with you. It's got to be coming this month, yeah, I would yeah. think. But
1: I would have thought there was I'll one just, in January, so I don't know. True. I do want to say, for Nintendo's sake, they've had like Nindies showcases and stuff like that in between.
0: They had one. Um, they had one. Yeah, for Europe, and it so, wasn't a Nindy showcase; it was a uh, like a highlight video.
1: Oh wow! So there hasn't really been anything at all, I guess. But because
0: um, the European one that you were thinking of, it wasn't even called a Nindy showcase. It was uh, Nindy highlights for t- upcoming twenty eighteen. It was weirdly titled. It wasn't a showcase, gotcha. though.
1: Yeah. Um,
0: been so very then, quiet yeah I'd
1: say you're not, you're not off base
0: um, some good news for some people that used to work at Visceral uh, Jordan uh, Michael Condry who most recently directed or co-directed Call of Duty World War 2 um, he was Sledgehammer Games co-founder and he was uh, the former uh, COO of Visceral Games he has joined 2K as the president of a new uh, development studio based in Silicon Valley
1: um, well, but he left way before Visceral went down.
0: Yeah, but he was there at its inception, so he was partially responsible for like Dead Space. Um, yes,
1: Visceral's legacy lives on.
0: My dream scenario is that 2K... One of the things that 2K hasn't really published is like a horror game. And I think with the success of like Resident Evil and Outlast and all these other horror games, maybe they kind of want to tackle that genre, too. Who knows? He worked on Call of Duty, so it could be another AAA giant shooter or something, but my personal would, dream is that
1: it's a horror game. I would just like to say, I think the founding of Sledgehammer Games is the beginning of the downfall for Visceral. Uh, once that happened, I'm pretty sure that was in between Dead Space 1 and 2, and that's, that's when things just started kind of changing, and, and um, Visceral is never the same, I think, so kind of a sad note but I, I, I do feel like that's the case
0: yeah anything about this Dom nah Nah. I didn't do anything for you nah. uh, speaking of something that might do something for you I know you've always been interested in Dragon's Dogma funny enough uh, Hideaki Itsuno who is the director of Dragon's Dogma who is also directing uh, DMC 5 he actually had the choice of directing DMC 5 or starting on Dragon's Dogma 2 he obviously chose DMC Five, but in an interview, he said he had a ton of ideas for Dragon's Dogma Two, and that this project that he chose over it is almost at complete or is almost near completion. And then he finished the interview with like a weird grin, and a lot of people are assuming that means like, now that this is done, he's going to start working on Dragon Do- Dragon's Dogma Two. So,
2: yeah, I think um, I think the first one was successful enough for them because um, they they went and created like an MMO spinoff of it only in some countries. Though. It was like a Chinese, it was like an Asia thing only or something. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, and then obviously they remastered it uh, 25 damn times or whatever. Um, but I, I remember that being a, a quote when the first remaster came out on PC um, was, you know, th- th- something from Capcom along the lines of like, yeah, we'll see how this does if we want to continue with this series or not. Basically, like, if it sells well as we move it to other platforms, you know, maybe we'll continue. And then, yeah, this kind of – I didn't hear about this until just now. So uh, it sounds like it's happening or, you know, it's being built or there's ideas at least, right? So uh, I'd say there's a good chance that we see this
0: maybe in a few years or so. Well, his grin seems like he still has that passion, those ideas that he had, right? Right. When he was making right. his decisions, so that's good. Um, these last couple of things are pretty much just numbers and then a name change, but the name change is actually pretty significant. So, Microsoft Game Studios uh, changed their name to Xbox Game Studios. Um, obviously, that's the uh. umbrella of all of their, their first-party studios. And um, Matt Booty, who I incorrectly called Chris Booty last <laughs> week. I want to make sure I correct myself on that. Um, well, that sucks because it ruins the Chris P. Booty joke. <laughs> exactly. Um, he basically said that he wants people to understand that Xbox is a brand that Microsoft believes in. And... Um, with Play Anywhere and Xbox Live coming to Nintendo Switch and PC, he wants, and mobile devices, uh, it's already there, but, you know, uh, he wants people to understand that Xbox is their game's brand, and it's not Microsoft. Um, so it's actually a really good move, it's kind of in that direction that we've seen Xbox over the last couple of years, and it's just a name change, but I think it's a it's a good move either way, you know, it's not gonna win much PR or anything like that, but it is smart for the direction of where they're going. It always did sound weird for, like, Microsoft Game Studios. It's like, oh, those are the Xbox first parties, right? It's like, yeah. Um, so, I don't know. Name, name change. I don't think there's anything there much else of from what I've said. Uh, I don't know if you guys have anything I don't know. to say on
1: that. I mean, that. Sony's uh, first parties are under... Uh Sony Worldwide or Sony Interactive Entertainment. You know, they're not under, like, PlayStation Interactive Entertainment. So I actually think... I guess I think the opposite of you. I always thought it sounded normal, like, well, Microsoft Game Studios makes games for the Microsoft Xbox, so that just made sense to me. Same with Sony back in the day, Sony Computer Entertainment America games.
0: I don't know. I always felt that there was a like a false perception that Microsoft Game Studios also kind of like solitaire on your computer and like which it technically does, but I think for them they the branding for Xbox specifically away from Windows, you know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know.
1: Um Yeah, I guess Sony doesn't have like the the whole well, yeah, Sony's thing just going on in the way. So
0: they're just not as big of a company as Microsoft. So it's like having Microsoft in front of something, there's a lot more there than than Sony. You know what I mean? Um is it Sony? It's not it's just called Sony. Is it called Sony Game Anything, or is it? They changed it recently, so it like a year be... or two ago, I think.
1: Okay. Yeah. Uncharted 4 what, is the last game to feature. It definitely Sony doesn't have PlayStation in the title, Entertainment. right? But yeah. Sony Computer Entertainment is the former name, which I really like. And then they changed it, I think because of VR when that was coming around, they changed it to Sony Interactive Entertainment. <laughs>
0: Oh, okay. Um, the last two, we'll go over these real quick. Uh, Monster Hunter World sold 11 million plus copies in 2018. Damn. Which is very impressive. Which is good for the likes of uh, Jordan and I because that means that they're going to make more casual oriented Monster Hunter games still. So that's great. Good point. Yeah. Um, Apex Legends. We talked about this earlier. Here's some numbers for you uh, for you guys. So it reached 1 million players, unique players, in just eight hours, which is kind of nuts. It reached 10 million players in three days. And it's already passed over a million concurrent players, which is crazy for a game that launched on Monday. So um, you're saying, is it going to be successful, Dom? These trends seem like it's going to be. Um, people are actually enjoying it, which is good. Um there's actually little criticism in this game, which is surprising. Um, I think the, the harshest criticism I've seen is from people who want a, a quicker TTK, but for a new battle Royale game from EA, there's, it's actually surprising how well this release has gone over and people are jumping on and, uh, It's dominating Twitch, which is expected, especially the first couple of days with, like, the sponsored streams. But even since then, there's really no more sponsored streams, and it's still up there on Twitch. It's going to be interesting to see if this continues, but those numbers are crazy.
1: Um, Hey, man. I'm glad to see that uh, Radical Heights is doing well and can possibly even save Cliffy B's studio Bosky. So, you know, this is... It's interesting that it's come out of the gate. <laughs> Jesus. Man,
2: maybe a different day, a different conversation, we can talk about Cliffy V and that poor guy. Well, I don't want to say, like, necessarily poor that. Poor guy, guy he's rich, dude. Yeah, <laughs> well, a different conversation, but he yeah. just gets torched on Twitter all the time. He'll comment, like, you know, he'll quote tweet something about, like, Donald Trump or something, and then uh, someone entirely unrelated to what he was talking about will just... Just light him up for Radical Heights or something completely or like, unrelated. Yeah, he'll be
0: like, he'll be like, I'm still wondering how Donald Trump got elected president. Somebody would be like, I'm still wondering why you even decided to release Radical Heights. <laughs> exactly. Just yeah. like, Jesus, oh dude. <laughs> yeah. It's so brutal. Like, <laughs> the thing is, is that like he's he seems like he's married and in love. He invested in Oculus early on, so he makes mad money. He's retired. He's living a good life. I don't. I don't feel too bad for him. You know what I mean? Right, right. I know. It's just, <laughs> yeah. The, those hey, with me this
1: new success of Radical Heights, you know, I don't I would feel bad for him. I would um, that. that is what I thought of when I heard of this. Obviously, it's a very different situation with uh, Apex Predator being such a successful game. God. Um, That's funny. Uh, that
0: mistake's been happening a lot with people. Because when you hear Apex, you think Apex Predator. So, whenever anybody's yeah. bringing up Apex Legends, it's happened quite a bit. People are like, yeah, Apex, Pre- Apex Legends. It's really funny.
2: Man, to bad be honest, name, I'll,
0: I'll say it's a bad name. That's one gripe yeah, I have with it. It's a bad that, name. That,
2: <laughs> that's what I was literally just going to say. I've not she obviously played the that. game. But I'm sick of, like, uh, hero games or whatever, like Legends or, like, you know, something, just heroes. And, like, it's, oh, it, just, it makes me fucking cringe. Like, I'm glad that, it
0: doesn't like. have Titanfall in it, though, because... That would be even a harder pill to swallow if it's called Titanfall something and it doesn't Titanfall have Titanfall champions. In it. Yeah, and it doesn't have titans champions. In
2: it. That's the other one. Like, fuck off with oh, it just Paladins. kills me. Like, and legend- I get
0: that. Go ahead, Dom.
2: I get that. Like, that's kind of to describe the game a little bit, right? Like, it's a hero shooter. Yeah. So, like, these are the legends. These are the champions. These are the characters. I get it, but oh my god, like the Battleborn, <laughs> y'all run. like you guys have run out of words to use to describe your team of heroes, characters to choose from. (coughs) Just, oh, I just... It's just a stupid thing that annoys me more than it should.
0: I think Legends would be fine if it was a better word in front of it. Apex is just kind of like a generic gamer buzzword to me. I understand your your point, too, of like... But from a marketing standpoint, they have to do that to have people understand what the game is. But even if it was like a better word than Apex, like,
1: even Apex by itself, it's like, you play Apex, like, what um i think destiny sounds dumb as fuck it's like bro you played destiny yeah you played destiny last night bro? Honestly, but even if you really you think about it, like destiny? halo's
0: halo's dumb too it's like if you play halo you... yeah but halo well, is
1: halo is an ominous sounding word whereas destiny is just like your, you destiny. your destiny last yeah. night bro <laughs> yeah. and, and halo have compl- guardian have you been completing your destiny yeah. Halo
2: was a prime function of the game, right? Like the Halo rings, that was a big part of the game there's, at least. Yeah, but,
1: Guardian, that's another one, Dom. Destiny Guardian is a term. Is champions.
0: Destiny is a generic term for what you're doing in the game. You know, you're exactly. out what your Destiny is. I so, got like, you. so many games nowadays
2: Destiny, Anthem, Apex Legends. It's like, it, it sounds like there's like a name generator for this shit and they're what? just cranking them out, like whatever's uh, available.
0: County argument. Anthem has to do with the game. I'm sure it does. So if you're Maybe. saying that for Halo, I mean, I'm just saying. <laughs> Can I just yeah. make a sidebar
1: on the sidebar and say that uh, Anthem's – I'm I'm getting there with Anthem, Jared. I'm getting there.
0: I'm having a tough time deciding between Metro Exodus yeah. and that because they come out like a week within each other. I'm going to play play yeah. and buy both of them this year. It's just like which one I'm picking up first. Tough.
1: Yeah, um, Metro's not a contender, so Anthem's looking more enticing. I have
0: zero interest in
2: Anthem, but I'm going to pretend that I'm not buying it just out of spite and to vote because I'd rather have Mass Effect, you know? Let me
1: just say about Anthem. We can have different kinds of looking sci-fi. Like, Anthem looks like Destiny, looks like Mass Effect. The robots in Horizon look like they could be ripped out of Anthem. Like, there's this... Nebulous sci fi thing that we're going through, especially with video games right now, and there's just so many different types of sci fi that we could do. Yeah. So I I am upset that Anthem looks so much like that which has come before, but other than that.
0: Okay, let's try to get through all this. There's still quite a bit left, (laughs) and we're running a little long, so um, if there is anything you specifically want to comment on, go ahead, uh, because there's quite a bit here. So these are Jared,
1: what do you think about Duke (laughs) Nukem Forever? (laughs) Jesus Christ. Uh,
0: so there was a bunch of investor meetings we're coming up on the end of the fiscal year um, in March so people are having their investment meetings and talking about the coming year and what to expect from March 2019 to March 2020 and also reporting on last year EA is the one I put up first I'm gonna go over some of the stats here and stuff they talked about over the last 12 months uh, which this is going for the last fiscal year 47% Forty-seven percent of EA's full game sales on Xbox One and PS4 were digital, almost half. Um, that's up from thirty-seven percent in the uh, seventeen eighteen fiscal year. So almost fifty percent of their full game sales were digital, which is pretty huge. Um, to your point with Anthem, they expect Anthem to sell five to six million units by March thirty-first. Remember, it comes out March twenty-second, or sorry, February twenty-second. So uh, a little over a month there, um, which so we'll talk about.
1: Go Anthem's ahead. Comes into this month and then Sekido is into next month, right? Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Just getting this straight. The now. big,
0: the way the big releases go is it's uh, it's Crackdown three and uh, Metro on February fifteenth, Anthem on February twenty second, uh, Sekiro on March twenty second, and Days Gone is somewhere in there too. Uh, I don't remember what Days Gone releases. Yeah, I
1: forgot about that game. Shit. Um, <laughs> yeah, that one. Two I, years... I'm not buying it at launch, no doubt. But...
0: Uh, Battlefield 5 underperformed uh, to them, but they did report afterwards to say that it sold 7.3 million units. Um, so still sold very well, but obviously it's not the numbers wow. they want to do. Um, another positive here we talked about Monster Hunter World and its success is great for Jordan and I. For all of the Command and Conquer fans that were pissed that that mobile game was announced, apparently, according to EA, it didn't drive installs or revenue, so it was essentially a failure. Which is good for Command and Conquer fans. That well, game just kind of yeah. blew up in EA's face. Um,
1: Dude, when they did that demo on stage, holy shit! Esports on mobile phones in the middle of an E3 conference. What in the fuck?
0: Uh, next up, they said that they plan to offer <laughs> EA access on one additional platform in 2019. That means it's either PS4 or Switch. We just don't know yet. Um, it's I would assume it would be Switch because PS5 and Xbox, uh, next Xbox, are right around the corner. So if they're developing a new platform, but obviously PS4 has a huge install base. So who knows? It's going to be one of those two. Um, next up, they confirmed three games for 2019. They confirmed a new Plants vs. Zombies game. They confirmed a new Need for Speed game. Uh, yeah. and they also and they also confirmed that Jedi Fallen Order is releasing this fall next to their sports titles.
1: Okay. We're about to get payback for payback. Let's go Need for Speed. And here's the thing Apex mm-hmm. Legends such a good game.
0: Respawns batting three for three. If there's anybody over EA, besides obviously Visceral, I'm saying people who still exist in terms of studios, I'm really excited for Response take on Star Wars. Despite all the crap that EA has done with the license, I really love Respawn, so I'm really excited to see when we actually see the damn game. It's coming out in fall and we still haven't seen it. Um,
1: Let's
0: see. I spoke about PS4 uh, earlier. Uh, there was actually some interesting news with Sony. I think some of the headlines were um misinterpreted by people so there was a bunch of headlines saying sony stock is dropping oh no yada 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 a lot of that actually is due to the end of the playstation 4's life cycle um so ps4 isn't selling as well as it did early on obviously because that's how it works so investors were worried that they're not selling as well um we all know that's because ps5 is around the corner and ps4 is dying down so it was kind of like some weird headlines <laughs> But to that, here's some interesting news about that investor meeting. So Sony actually cut their financial outlook for the next fiscal year. They pulled back. Um, so th- that's why their stock swooned because they're saying they're making next money in the next fiscal, making less money in the next fiscal year than they did the year prior. Which to me, and I want to hear from you guys real quick. To me, that says that yeah, 100% PlayStation Five isn't coming out till fall 2020. If they're pulling back their financial outlook from this March to next March. There's no way that the PS5 is launching at any point during that time.
2: Agreed. Yeah, yeah that, right? That would seem to indicate that exactly. they're not projecting to sell shit or as exactly. much. But yeah.
0: Exactly. If they were having a console launch happening in the next fiscal year, their financial outlook wouldn't be down. doesn't yeah. make any damn sense. Especially because this is Sony worldwide, especially with the release of the new Spider-Man uh, movie. Um, so, yeah, it's. I think that kind of nails that coffin shut um so investors are actually worried about sony's portfolio we've talked about this numerous times microsoft has a way better catalog of software services and just as a company they're the most profitable company right now they passed apple recently turns out sony reported that 30 percent of their of their company's operating income is playstation one third of sony's operating income which is very important obviously so the reason investors are having issues with Sony is that Ugh. PlayStation is expected to earn less money in the next fiscal year, and that's most of what Sony makes money on. Um, because we've talked about the their movies actually aren't doing very well either. Um,
1: you, know you guys, what? I'd just like to throw this out there. I bet if you know the video game industry like we do, you could probably just buy stock really towards the end of the life cycle of the PS4 because they are going to be, uh, you know, probably lower price And then, of course, once PS5 comes out, then they're going to shoot up. So Yeah, Not especially with a, Sony, like... A professional here, but...
0: With Sony, uh, on, like, Sony pictures on, on the edge of, like, possibly selling, um, that'd be interesting, too, because then it'd definitely be bet an all-time low, right? Um, but, yeah, I just want to talk about that because... People were making crazy headlines, but it's not as dire as people are saying in terms of PlayStation specifically. They're going to make less money. It's at the end of PS4's lifecycle. The interesting thing was the financial outlook, because that's very telling. That's how much money they expect to make. Um, so, Take-Two's next, second to last. Uh, Red Dead Redemption sold 23 million units in 2018. We knew it was the best-selling game, but we have a specific number now. Sold 23 million copies. Um... This is really cool. Wow. Uh, Civ Six vastly overperformed on the Switch, mm-hmm. and t- Take Two says that they're going to continue to support the platform. So, cool. that's really good um, for everyone who loves uh, Civ Six or other Take Two Two K games. Um, right, what else does
2: that include, really quick?
0: Two K. So that would include Borderlands. Bioshock, that would include Bioshock. Bioshock uh, sports Lockheed. games. NBA Two K. Ah oh, yes. Yeah. Uh, 2K has a big umbrella of a bunch of stuff um, the last thing so the unannounced 2K Games project uh, is still expected to launch before March 2020 the easy guess is Borderlands 3 which people are still wondering where that sits with all the recent news with Gearbox and, or Bioshock because there's been that rumored new Bioshock entry as well so one of those is releasing before March 2020 um, in the investors put your money
1: co- on Bioshock
0: in the investors' call, the investors actually asked about Take Two's relationship with Gearbox um, because of all the stuff with Randy Pitchford, and they're like, "Yeah, we're still good. The team's great." They didn't really mention Randy Pitchford at all, um, but yeah, they're like, "Yeah, Gearbox is doing great." So, be interesting to see what that game is. My hope, I personally wanted to be Bioshock. It's, uh, my, if I was a betting man, I'd put money yeah. on Borderlands Three, um, that that was the new game. Um, Square Enix is the last one. We got some good news. Uh, two good pieces of good news. There was a lot of bad news with Scar Enix 2, um, but I didn't want to include that because it was a bunch of, like, year over year, th- a bunch of, like, mixed stuff, but Kingdom Hearts 3 shipped 5 million copies in less than a week, which is awesome. Okay. Um, Kingdom Hearts 3 is always, or Kingdom Hearts as a series has always been weird because it's popular, but it's, like, in that middle category of, like, ma- it's not mega popular and it's not niche, it's, like, somewhere in between. Um, so to see itself, or ship 5 million copies in less than a week is really awesome. Good for Square Enix. Um, and that shows that we're probably going to get some kind of spinoff, like you guys said, probably on Switch. If they release a new one, but put it on 3DS, oh man, (laughs) that'd be hilarious.
1: Um, lastly, uh... That's a Nintendo thing, Square Enix wouldn't do that.
0: Yeah, uh digital sales for Square Enix rose year over year and it was thanks to Just Cause 4 and Shadow of the Tomb Raider which is surprising because both those games didn't sell very well so for them to raise digital year over year it makes you think of like well, how bad was the previous year for digital you know so um, other thing that I didn't include in the news this week Shadow of the Tomb Raider is coming to Game Pass Uh, that game released in September so that's really cool for Game Pass users I still need to get to the second one. I never beat it. And then I'll probably download that and play it. Um, that's it for all of the investor exciting information. Uh, let's get to these NPD predictions real quick. Uh, Matt Piscatella, who always reports on the NPDs every month, we talk about him every month, he has some ideas of where he thinks the industry is going in 2019 and the trends that are going to happen. So he thinks that subscription spending is, will rapidly grow on services like Game Pass and PlayStation Now just because users are are adopting those at a higher and more alarming rate than they have been in the past. Um, He says that 2018 success will lead to tough competition in 2019 and what he means by that is 2018 was such an anomaly in terms of the big numbers for sales of video games in the industry that you shouldn't be worried that this year will probably be less year-over-year than last year just because As an industry, it was a crazy anomaly, right? So he just says, don't worry, we're at the end of the life cycle. 2018 was like a crazy anomaly. So he basically says, 2019, you'll probably see year over year negative numbers. Um, He says there will be a bigger focus facilitating social hangouts in games. Um, He feels that uh, publishers are going to try to make it so their games have places that people want to be with their friends and hang out in. Uh, just kind of keep them living in that place. Not necessarily like uh, the living worlds of Destiny and Division, but just like social hangouts. Cubs. Um, like exactly.
1: Uh, he says that. Stream- Basically, what's happening is people are putting PlayStation Home into their individual games, and it kind of makes sense if you think about it.
0: Yeah. He says that streaming offerings will outpace the rate of consumer adoption. Basically, meaning we're going to get a ton of streaming services coming out that won't equate to the number of people who are actually signing up to streaming services. So, overabundance in the marketplace. Because people are seeing how successful it is, then we're gonna see a bunch of services offered from publishers and the adoption rate isn't gonna be there. Um, Meaning that we'll probably see those disappear. Um, Anything there from you guys, you think that's correct? You think there'll be more streaming offerings than consumer adoption?
1: Well, like, Capcom has a version of Resident Evil 7 on Resident Evil 7 on Switch that you cloud stream. Yep. Kind of like PlayStation now, so... Coming in 2019, the Capcom game streaming service.
0: And it's not even gaming. We also have the Disney service coming this year, too. Um, <clears throat> I'd be really interested to see what DC's numbers are in their streaming service. Uh, next up... Did you watch t- any Young Justice? Uh, not yet, no. Uh, gotcha. Two last things. Uh, digital content will account for less than 90% of total gaming content spending. Uh, or more than, sorry, more than 90% of total gaming content spending. So, basically, anything that's not an actual game release, but like uh, accessories and all of that stuff, all the other bracket, will be 90% or higher digital, which we kind of have seen those numbers trending that way, so it's not that surprising. And... Lastly, this is probably his, his boldest prediction. Not boldest, I guess boldest prediction. He says that Nintendo Switch will grow and lead the market. Um, and that uh, it'll, it'll be because of Pokemon. That it'll uh, lead the market this year. Because PlayStation and Xbox are at the tail end of their cycle. Um, he feels that Nintendo Switch is going to repeat this year with the best uh, hardware numbers. <clears throat>
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, because we talked about uh, Switch led 2018 and then like Sony put out numbers that oddly contradicted that. So I don't... Uh, they, they, anyway. led,
0: they led worldwide. Switch led uh, US. MPD is US okay. only.
2: Okay, that makes sense, I suppose. Um, but I, I would agree though with uh, with 2019, I think Switch is going to be able to take over the top spot, you know, unanimously in all regions or whatever.
0: Well, the, the crazy thing is Switch has already outsold PS4 in Japan. That is crazy. It's not too crazy because, mm-hmm. like, Japan loves mobile, but, like... Like, overall it, or Yeah, year? overall, overall, Switch has already outsold PS4 in Japan.
2: Oh, okay, damn, all right. So, yeah. How what are they doing? How did,
0: there's got to be 20 million PS4s in Japan, right? No. Apparently not, though. <laughs> nah, I, yeah. And the bulk of PS4 sales are Europe and United States. Well, North America. Hmm. Yeah.
2: shit. I guess that makes sense then, yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, Yeah, it's pretty much it for Matt Piscatel's predictions. A lot of them make sense. Obviously, he works for MPD, so he's not going to throw out something crazy. And he's basically just reading the trends and what he thinks is going to continue. An interesting one for me is that he, 2018 was so successful and it was an anomaly. I think he wants to get in the way of people are going to be worried about the gaming industry. Because, you know, we always see those headlines, the gaming industry is dying. And basically what he said is there was so much money earned that don't expect 2019 to earn close to that. So it will be negative year over year. So we'll see what happens. Um, that was it for episode 132. Before we head out, what are we going to be playing? Kingdom Hearts 3 for me. Uh, I'll dabble with some more Apex Legends, but I do want to get through Kingdom Hearts 3 for fear of getting spoiled. So that's my main focus, really.
2: Yeah, me too. I, I have, I'm i so far behind in that game. It's it's kind of I'm embarrassed for myself embarrassed for my family i'm embarrassed for my childhood um i don't know why i'm treating this like a like a head coach who just lost the super bowl or something but trash <laughs> <laughs> um yeah i gotta play more kingdom hearts 3 that's that's the plan
1: Mm-mm. jordan i think i'll be playing kingdom hearts 3 and i think that i will be reading more comics uh i can't say for sure because um I'm not quite on Raven Simone's level as far as predicting the future, but I think <laughs> playing some Kingdom Hearts three. As a deep cut. Um watch so Always Sunny. Yeah. Whoa. Um The best yeah. arc
0: the best arc in always sunny is Rob Meckelhine's body body shape.
2: <laughs> yes. Yep. <laughs> In the latest season, oh, my God. like It, it, it kills yeah, me. Yeah, I know what it what goes to
1: crazy places, which is weird because it's already at crazy places. Um, and I found out that like a lot of the characters are married yeah, uh, in real life, which is interesting. Uh, Mac and D are married, and Charlie and the waitress in real yeah. life. Uh, <laughs> so but, weird. Um, yeah, I'm enjoying that. And... Um, Shout out to Young Justice that did the mid-season finale. Uh, That'll be coming back this summer. Um, Oh, it's taking a break? Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, 1 through 13 are out now, and it'll come back in June. Wait, they're doing Uh, 26
0: episodes? Sorry to interrupt you again. They're doing 26 episodes?
1: Yeah, I think so. Every season's been at least 20, so. 26 is a Okay,
0: anyways, Broad City, as you're saying.
1: Broad City's final season has just started a couple episodes in. Good stuff. Love that show. I'll miss it when it's off the air. If you guys haven't seen it, man. uh, Always sunny. It's very raunchy. Broad City is very raunchy. They're both fucking hilarious shows. Um, Let me think anything else. Give a little shout out to old Genlock over on Rooster Teeth. Um... Interesting voice cast here. It's got uh, Michael B. Jordan Dakota Fanning uh, Maisie Williams David Tennant Um, So it's got a really strong cast it is kind of like their uh, Follow-up to Ruby as far as their big budget 3d animation goes and it's a mech show Um, so obviously I've talked about Ruby uh, which just finished its sixth season Uh, had a great sixth season I was really glad to have the gang back together there Um, and then going into season one of Genlock it's been uh, pretty cool three episodes in Um, and I'm excited to see where they go with that so I'll give that a little shout out and then um, we've got uh, Umbrella Academy coming up it's not quite this week, couple weeks uh, but I've been talking about comics I actually just uh, completely caught up on the most recent arc of that one, Hotel Oblivion and Umbrella Academy is a really cool comic and, uh, very excited to see what the Netflix show looks like here, uh, in the middle of February. So
0: early screenings are very positive.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Cool. So, uh, with deadly class being kind of the most recent new comic adaptation, I'm kind of hyped on Umbrella Academy because, uh, the trailer did look good and, um, I really liked the, the book itself. So. Awesome. We'll see. Walking Dead coming back, boys. Also, ah, shout yes, out to yes.
0: the uh, Russo brothers saying that uh, Endgame is probably going to be close to three hours long. Hell yes.
1: Yeah, I've heard that it could be the longest Marvel movie. And I was like, didn't they say that last year? So it's even longer than uh, Infinity War, which is wild. Apparently, man. So uh, gonna be
0: Mar- wild. M- Marvel wanted them to make it shorter... Uh, and then they said that they want to be able to hit the proper emotional beats, and like it's a culmination, right? And they're like, we're probably going to need it to be closer to three hours. And Marvel's like, okay, then if that's what you want. I mean, they
1: pulled off two forty-five. I mean,
0: what's twenty is, minutes it more? It is two thirty-five. It's two forty.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah. So I mean, it's long enough. Uh, Infinity War. I think they can do it.
0: Thank you guys for listening to episode one thirty-two of the Controlled Interest Gamecast. You can follow us on Twitter at C-T-R-L-I-N-T, that's Controlled Interest, abbreviated. You can follow me at Jared underscore. You can follow Jordan at Melamodus, and you can follow Dom at Dom's Oreos. Is it Dom's Oreos? Is that right? Yeah, it is. Okay, I'm having a brain fart. For some reason, I thought it was Dom Dom loves Oreos. Brain fart, Dom sorry. does love his Oreos, though, Jared. Um, if you want to intake this podcast uh, in the audio intake. way, uh, you can go to <sighs> like iTunes. Kirby. Exactly. Suck us up. Uh, <laughs> that could be misinterpreted Uh, you can leave us a review on iTunes it definitely helps us Uh, for every review we get it actually puts us up in the uh, rankings for uh, games and interests podcasts and people can find us that way so it's really helpful Um, if you watch us on YouTube uh, leave us a like the bell lets you know when we're uploading videos Um, I know leaving a like sounds redundant. done and you hear all your favorite YouTubers say it but that helps as well in the algorithm everything helps we're trying to get more listeners and grow Um, Yeah, that's pretty much it. Thank you, guys. We'll be back next week um, with some news. Hopefully, it's news of a Nintendo Direct. That'd be swell. Um, We'll see. Bye.